fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Got my war gear on today, although I'm not really at war. I just was kind of up there going through my massive million-dollar port. Uh, what, what do they call it? Wardrobe up there. I thought, I haven't worn that in a while. I think I'll, I think I'll put it on today, although I, I do. I always wake up somewhat with that, with that warrior spirit. And I just want you all to know that uh, I, I don't know where you are in your walk with, with God. I don't know where you are, but I know this. You'll never convince me the Holy Spirit's not real. God's not real and the Holy Spirit's not real. We spoke, we spoke yesterday about the – I think it was yesterday – about the obvious, obvious uh, fact that there's evil, and the and that the you know the debate isn't really is there evil, but what's evil? They've changed the truth of God into a lie. And we've worshipped and served the creation rather than the Creator. Meaning what? It's all about man and happiness and tolerance and diversity and if it feels good, do it, whatever you want. So we 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 change the truth of God and we worship, serve and worship the cre- creation rather than the creator. And it's been a subtle battle that we've been going on, been in the midst of, and it's happened a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of reasons that are involved with it, but I continue to point the finger specifically at the pulpit as the, as the, how we got, how we got into the mess that we're in and whatever happened to uh, the idea, the idea that this is an individual faith. My faith is individual to me. It's to me. In a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And where along the line did I have to begin to, listen, I'm not talking about rebelling. I'm trying to help you think today, okay? Where along the line did they convince us that we had to be subservient to some guy who headed the church, who ran the church? Where does it say that the pastor becomes the dictator of the church? Where did, where did that come from? And listen, I don't have any trouble. I was a football coach, right? I set the rules and regulations. You want to be on our team? You follow my rules and regulations. That's the way it is. You don't be on the team. I don't have any trouble. I don't have any trouble with a, a pastor setting the rules and regulations of the church. I don't have any problem with that. If the people want him to, to head up the church, I have, I have, but I have, a, I have a great problem, a great problem with uh, monarchies. I have a real problem with that. And uh, somebody uh, to, to walk walk into a a church, any church, walk into any environment where there's a, a, any type of organizational structure and understand that top-down, top-down, uh, i got to say it, top-down's tyranny, folks. Top-down is tyranny. And uh, that's, what, that's what's happened to American Christianity, in my opinion. How else can you explain the, this is a Holy Spirit download. I told Michelle just before I came down, I said, oh, my goodness, the Holy Spirit just dropped on me. Uh, how else can you explain the worshiping of Christian leaders, the big-name Christians, 10,000-member churches, writing books? Hey, you shouldn't need any other book than this one, should you? There's this one right here in front of me, right? And the idea, the separation of the church leadership from the laity to the people on the platform to you poor punks sitting down there in the pews. And thinking maybe you're going to go to this church that's got 10,000 members. And maybe you watch him on TV. And, boy, maybe some point I get a chance to meet him and shake his hand. What are you talking about? How did we ever get to the point where we idolize Christian men? And we idolize Christian men for the wrong things. We don't, we don't idolize those Christian men. We don't idolize, pardon me, we don't idolize Tony Spells, who are willing to go to jail for their faith, we don't idolize them. We idolize the Joel Osteens, who talk about a happy, happy, slappy life. How did we? Get, how did we ever get to this point? 
And how did we ever get to the point where Christianity was so willing to take a backseat to everything, every rudiment of the world, every tradition of men, every other worldview crushing Christianity, making us take a backseat? How did that that ever happen to us, folks? Well, evil men have crept in unawares, what the Bible says. Evil men crept in unawares. They changed the truth of God into a lie. Worshiped and served the creature. That's Romans 1. That's Romans 1. Now, look. Uh, How do I say say this? This sounds good. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me today. You'll be, be glad you tuned in. I think, I hope, I don't care. Pastors, all pastors, are dependent upon people in the pew to earn their living. All of them are. And I know this, that it's very, very hard to speak something that will cause conflict in the church because some might leave. And the very true fact of the matter is you are counting on people in the pew to provide you're living. I get it. I understand. Folks, I live the same way. I, Michelle and I, we live off the generosity of folks who donate to Pass Assault Ministries. I get it. And so that, that pressure that is put on pastors to be guarded in what they say is a real temptation. It's very, very real. And I think if we could really get pastors together, if they could really get them in a room and make them put on masks so we couldn't see who they are, if we could put a bag over their head and get them in a room and allow them to really testify to us about what the frustrations and influences and uh, what controls the pulpit, I think we'd be, I think we'd be surprised. I think, that, I think godly men have gone into the, <clears throat> into the pastorate and uh, the system has eaten them alive. The system has eaten them alive because they just went with a call from God. They just wanted to go serve the Lord, and then they got serving the Lord, and then rudiments of the world, after the traditions of men, buried them. And I was watching a sermon. Yeah, I, I love to do it. Go online, watch sermons. <clears throat> I watched a couple yesterday. It's Wednesday night, right? <clears throat> I peeked in at a couple yesterday. Absolutely irrelevant to anything going on. Absolutely irrelevant. And so if you, go, if you go into a church and you can continue to say nice, happy, slappy talk, people are going to keep coming back probably. But you, listen, folks, it's nothing more than lambs of the slaughter. If our pastors aren't telling us the truth, what did Paul say? Do I now become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. And the, and the truth of the matter is when truth comes and and you look it straight in the eye, a person of truth. You come to a crucible, man. You do. And you either cross over and follow truth, or you veer off and go look for somebody that doesn't convict you quite as much, which, by the way, is the job of the Holy Spirit, conviction. It's the greatest gift. Well, be careful. The greatest, one of the, it's right at the top of the greatest gifts that the Holy Spirit has ever given you, is conviction. Bible says there's no condemnation. Condemnation. When the Holy Spirit comes to you and wants to alert you or make you aware of something, the Holy Spirit will come to you in a very soft, kind way and will say to you, Coach, are you sure you want to do that? Are you really sure you want to do that? The devil comes to you in that same situation and says, see, there you go, you selfish SOB, always thinking about you. It's always about, there is no condemnation. That devil's voice should have no place in you. No place. The Holy Spirit convicts. It doesn't condemn. And if people sitting in the pew get mad because of what a pastor is saying to them, they don't understand the difference between conviction in condemnation, because they are convicted and they take it as condemnation, they write a letter to the pastor, they walk away, they do a, I, I know, 
I bet the pastors out there that be telling the truth, I bet they'd be amen and a thumbs up in me. And that's why we're in. That's why we're in the mess we're in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have Myra come in here. I'm gonna have her say say a prayer for us, get us gone, and then I got I got someplace I want to take you this morning. Uh, hang on here a second. Myra, get ready. Jack, go ahead. And Debbie, real quickly, go ahead. Good morning, Huddle. I'm not nearly done. I'm not nearly right. done. Go ahead, Myra. Okay, we'll do. Uh, good morning. Uh, Second Corinthians 10, 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and, and bringing bring it into captivity. captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Pray us having... in, Myra. Pray us in. All right. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to coach Dave Haddle and open our hearts to you. I unleash the resurrection power, love, and joy to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Myra, read that, read that scripture again. Sure, I will be delighted. Um, Second Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts of itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. In a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Amen. Amen. So friends, hang on there. Hang on, Jack. Hang on, Debbie. See, it's about obedience, friends. It's about obedience. It's about obedience. I know pastor right now. I know pastor Clint Harper down in Royston, Georgia. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bust out his plan, but he's getting ready to do something that, that he introduced to his congregation last night. And I'm betting you this, I'm betting he's getting some pushback from it. I'm bet. I'm betting he does. I'm betting he does. But pastor Clint's an old uh, tailback. He's an old football tailback. He knows how to carry the ball. And uh, sometimes division is a good thing. Sometimes. See, one of the hardest things for all of us to do is to change what we've always believed. What do you do if you find out it was wrong? What do you do if you've invested your whole life into this theology or this frame, and then you find out it's wrong? It was wrong. For 50 years I've been believing that. Do you understand how much that injures your pride. Do you understand? But do you understand that at the end of the day, you're going to give an account to the Lord. You're not giving an account to the congregation. You're not giving an account to your elder board. You're giving an account to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We've allowed so much of the rudiments of this world. I'm going to get into that here in a second. Chad just told me to finish the monologue. I'm going to do it, Chad. Hang on, Jack. Hang on, Debbie. Right? Steve Deck goes out. He uh, goes out and Yesterday, stakes out some property, a little fanfare to it, probably be criticized by it, a lot of stuff going on. Here's where I want to go. Here's where I want to go. We are so much more than we've become. If I was prepared, I would have up that. that, That's a line from the Lion King. When the little Lion King walks down, I don't know if you guys have have seen it. The little Lion King who's just been anointed king comes down. It's on the bridge, and he looks down into the water, and he sees the reflection of his father. Because the Lion King's about to assume an area of responsibility that that he's never assumed before. In fact, probably doesn't even know if he has what it takes to do it. Hang on a minute. Hey, dads, you better stop counting on your pastor to raise your children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. You better Amen. stop that. And so little little Lion King looks down. His daddy, Simba, I think was his name, looks down, sees the reflection. He looks in the water. The lion looks in the water and a mirror reflection. He doesn't see himself. 
He sees his father. And the great line, boy, it's touching me. I told my wife, I said, boy, the Holy Spirit just jumped on me. And he looked into the water and he saw his father. He didn't see him. There it is. He looks in the water and he sees his dad. And his dad gives him a little bit of a lecture about, you know, you're up to the task or whatever it would be. But the most profound sentence of all that comes out of this is the Lion King looks and sees the reflection of his father. And his father says, you are so much more than you have become. Amen. 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 Huh? Let that sink in a minute. Speaking to you, if you're a servant of the Most High God, and he told you that everywhere you go, he's going to be with you, and everywhere that you put your foot, he's given them to you, and he's going to send you to speak, and don't be afraid of their faces. Boy, where is that scripture? He said, I'm going to send you, and you don't be afraid of their faces. You say what I told you to say, and you do what I told you to do, because you're my servant. By the way, pull up servant, which is, Where is it? Number five. Pull up number five. I looked up servant today. You're a servant of the Lord. We are servants of the Lord. A servant to work for, to bestow the labor of body, mind, and the employment of another, to act as a minister of, to perform official duties for another, for another, to attend at command, to wait on. I am a servant of the Lord waiting on his command that I might fulfill what he's asking me to do. Can somebody say amen out there? See, they, they don't teach amen. that in Christianity. They teach amen. in Christianity that he serves us. He serves us. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me this. Lord, protect me from this. Lord, do this. And we have no obligation to serve him. Boom. None. And so if God, I don't know if God's, it's possible for the Holy Spirit to, to get frustrated. I don't probably can, but well, if I was God, I'd be frustrated. He's sitting up there tapping his foot, looking down and saying, are you kidding me? Why, why, why won't these people advance the kingdom? Why won't they just do what I ask? Why won't they just serve me and just do what I ask them to do and expand the kingdom of God? Well, see, they don't expand the kingdom of God because the churches today aren't telling them they're supposed to. The churches are de- today are telling them, just go along to get along because we'll be out of here soon. Don't make waves. It's only going to get worse. Come on. Come on. I'm coming. I'm, 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 just getting on, I'm just getting on this horse. Because why? We're so much more than we've become. You have the king of kings residing inside of you. Hey, let me tell you something. Jesus Christ does not bow his knee to the devil. The devil will bow his knee to Jesus Christ. And we look across the spectrum Amen. of this one great American experiment and the churches of America, and I'm going to tell you something. The church is afraid of the devil. Somebody say amen. Yep. Oh, just keep him away amen. from me. Oh, just keep him away from me, Lord. Just keep him away from me. Oh, Lord, don't let him come. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My eyes have not seen, my ears not heard, neither has it even entered into the heart of man, the things that God has in store for those that love him. And we tower in fear in the face of, of opposition. So you know what the problem is? You don't know who you are in Christ. I don't know who I am in Christ. I don't understand. I don't understand this indwelling of the Holy Spirit that's coming to me that says it's greater, it's now greater in me than anything else. What is inside me is greater than anything else. And you are so much more than you've become. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. So today I was messing around. I went to uh, Who Are We in Christ? And click on that for me, if you will, brother. Doesn't have a number. It's the first thing at the top. It takes us to uh, Colossians 2. 
in the King James Version. And I read down through the I read down through it today. And uh talks about the rudiments of the world. Going down a little bit farther, so everybody can see what I'm talking about there, Spencer. Uh beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. <clears throat> By the way, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <clears throat> it isn't the devil that's spoiling you. Do you see that? Beware lest any man. Not the devil, not demons, not Nephilim. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men. Go along to get along. After the movements of the world, not after Christ. For in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I was reading down through this, and I said, I'm going to read this to all of them, but it's so, ah, you know me, I'm a King James guy. I said, Lord, God, what, help me out here, Lord. And the Holy Spirit said, read it in the message. Read it in the message. Message Bible. Now, you guys know I'm a King James guy, right? I said, I don't want to read that sissy. I don't want to read that sissy Bible. So I read it in the message. Pull that up there, Spence. Go up the top and just type in where it says King James. Just put in message. The message Bible. Now, we can argue all we want whether or not this is actually scripture. Doesn't matter. But this is an interpretation that really, really go to go to top. Let's start at the top. Who are you in Christ? That's the question of the day. Now we know who Christ is in you. Does anybody know who he is in you? Well, he's the hope of glory, isn't he? Huh? And I was thinking, I was thinking about my dad yesterday. And I remember when I was at his bedside when he died. And when he I was reading in his paper today, somebody passed peacefully. What does that mean to pass peacefully? What does it mean to even pass? Was my dad's passing really peaceful? Because he's going someplace that ain't of this world. And even though he passed peacefully in this world, was it really peaceful? Don't really know, do we? Because he's going someplace I ain't never been. And the Bible tells us over and over and over and over and over and over and over that we're not of this world. <laughs> hey, dude, you ain't of this world. You're not, hey, 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 you're not of this world. <laughs> No, if we have hope in this world only, the Bible says we're of all men most miserable. Are you guys, you picking up what I'm laying down here today? Who are you in Christ? Right now today, who are you in Christ? And let me ask you something. If the salvation of the world was dependent on you, are you up to the task? If the Lord grabbed you in the middle of the night and sat you up in your bed and said, I want you to go do this tomorrow, would you go do it? Would you obey and go do it? No, you probably wouldn't. Why? Because you've been taught, who are you? You ain't know nothing. The guy standing up in the pulpit. I'll go tell my pastor and I'll have him go do it. Well, he ain't going to go do it or he'd already done it. And by the way, the Lord dialed your number. We don't know who we are in Christ. So the Message Bible says this. Just bear with me here. I want you to realize that I continue to work as hard as I know as I know how for you, and also for the Christians all over Laodicea. Not many of you have met me face to face. Pastor of a large church, I guess. That doesn't make any difference. Know that I'm on your side. Right along your side. You're not alone in this. How many of you listening to me right now feel that your pastor is right beside you in this? I want, you, I want you woven into a tapestry of love in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. 
all the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. And we've been shown the mystery. I'm telling you this because I don't want anyone leading you off on some wild goose chase after other so-called mysteries or secrets. I'm a long way off, true, and you may never lay your eyes on me, but believe me, I'm on your side. I'm right beside you. I'm delighted to hear of the careful and orderly ways you conduct your affairs. And I'm impressed with the solid substance of your faith in Christ. Do we understand first century? No internet. Uh, no newspapers, probably. Message just being spread from house to house, person to person. So my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You receive Christ, Myra, the master. Now live him. Just live him, will you? You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over into Thanksgiving. But watch out. (laughs) <laughs> oh, this is good. But watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk and doctrines and uh, theologies and philosophies, rudiments of this world. They want to drag you off into an endless arguments that never amount to anything. I'm going to stop. Everybody can say amen right there. Everybody can say amen. Amen. Right amen. 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 Boom. Amen. Amen. They spread their ideas through the empty empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spiritual beings. So what, what do we have there? Empty traditions of humans and empty superstitions or questions about the spirit world. But that's not the harm of, that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in him so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope or a microscope or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. Amen. And when you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. And entering into his fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. It's not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. No, dude, you're already in. You're an insider. Not through some secretive initiative, right, initiation right, but rather through what Christ has already done through for you has gone through for you, destroying the power of sin. I was thinking about this as I was coming down the million-dollar studio steps today. You know something? There's not anything the devil can make me do. Nothing he can make me do. Everything I do is by free will. Oh, I'm influenced. But by free will that I choose, I ain't doing it. Why? Because Christ has already gone through for you. Destroying the power of sin. If it's an initiation ritual you're after, you've already been through it by submitting to baptism. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. And coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. But God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean, the old arrest warrant canceled, nailed to the cross, Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. Boy, is anybody feeling this for me? Amen. Spoiling Prince and powers, and powers openly. We don't put up with anyone pressuring you into details of diet and worship and services or holy days. All those things are mere shadows cast before what was to come. The substance is Christ. Not rules, regulations, diets, holy days. 
God bless you if you're celebrating the feast. God bless you. God bless you. You do it out of honor. But it ain't scoring no, I'm sorry, you ain't scoring no no bonus points. Ain't getting no brownie points. You only get a better place in heaven because you followed all the feasts. Now, following the feast might glorify the Lord. It might even change my relationship with him. But it ain't no requirement, boys and girls. Sorry. Everything, every law that the Lord gives us is for your protection. Every one of it. The Ten Commandments were for our protection. Don't lie, don't steal, don't cover. It was to protect us. The same thing with the feast. If you choose not to have the feast, okay, maybe you're well, maybe you maybe you don't have a covering that you that you could have had. But it ain't a requirement of salvation. And it ain't a requirement of the power of God coming into you. Don't tolerate people, verse 18, who try to run your life, ordering you to bow and scrape, insisting that you join their obsession with angels and these flags and you seek out visions. They're a lot of hot air. That's all they are. They're completely out of touch with the source of life, which is Christ in me, the hope of glory. He puts us into together in one piece whose very breath and blood flows through us. He's the head, and we are the body, and we can grow up healthy in God as only he nourishes us. So then, if with Christ you've put all that puffed-up childish religion behind you, why do you let yourselves be bullied by it? Don't touch this. Don't taste that. Don't go near this. Do you think such things that are here today and gone tomorrow are worth that kind of attention? Really? Such things sound impressive if said in a deep enough voice. They even give the illusion of being pious, humble, and austere, and religious. But they're just another way of showing off, making yourself Look important and righteous. There's liberty in Christ. There's victory in Christ. There's power in Christ. And I'm here to tell you that organized religion has done everything they can to control the power of the Holy Ghost in you and through you. Oh, they say they're our pastors and they say they are training us, but folks, not one in a thousand are. They're all at the rudiments of the world. <clears throat> so what does the Lord want you to do? You. Why out of all the eons of time did some little sperm and some little egg come together and you be created and you be sitting here in 2022? What? Own more property, bigger house, car, health. Hmm? Those little kids got murdered down there in Texas. Hmm? Bold faced, straight in the eye, evil. The sad thing is, a lot of parents thinking, you know, that could happen in my school. Yeah, good. Could happen to you. You can get in your car and go to Walmart and have some idiot come walking in there. But see, this stuff's only going on because why? Those of us who've been the, given the authority to stand against it refuse to do it. Why? Rudiments of this world, after the traditions of men. Evil men have crept in unawares, and they've tr- changed the truth of God into a lie. And they worship us. No, no. That's, Roman, that's Romans 1. They worship and serve the creature. What's that? They're afraid of men. Well, Everything about their life is what? what what is what is man gonna do to me? If I do this, what's man gonna do to me? Probably and if, you, if every question you ask yourself is what is consequence gonna be, then you're serving man. If every time you ask yourself, if I speak the truth, who's gonna get pissed? Then you're serving man. And that's a mess I think we find ourselves in today. And I don't have an answer for it. <clears throat> I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. Hope, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me. Greater is he. 
Just think about how many times the scriptures talk about Christ in you, in you, in you. That'd be a good word study. We think he's somewhere off. Anybody seen him? He's in you. And we just read, there isn't anything you can do to make him more in you. He's fully in you. But you're in the mess that you're in because you're not obedient to what he tells you to do. And like my dad used to say to me, I knew I was in trouble when my dad said this one. Anybody ready? I'm not telling you no more. I can't tell you the number of times I heard my dad say that. I knew he meant it. I'm not telling you no more. How many times is the Lord going to have to tell you? You say, well, coach, I can, what, can, what, what can I do, coach? I'm just, who am I? Uh, you're a child of the king. You have the Holy Spirit indwelled in you. What do you mean, who are you? By the way, you're a dead man anyway, aren't you? You're a dead man walking. You are, you are a progenitor of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You carry him everywhere you go. You open your mouth and he speaks through you. But you've been taught that your faith ain't worth a hoot in hell. Go get your pastor and get him to do it for us. Because, man, he's a holy, righteous man. Is he? Is he any more holy and righteous than you? Does he have a different Holy Spirit in him than you? Is Joel Osteen really more righteous than me? Folks, that's blasphemy. Christ makes us righteous. Ain't nobody. They're none righteous. No, not one, the Bible says. There ain't nobody more righteous than anybody else. Huh? Huh? It's like being half wet. There ain't no such thing as being half wet. You're either righteous or you're not. And you're made righteous through the power of the Holy Spirit. You are made righteous. You weren't righteous. You were made righteous. Amen. See, we don't know who we are. We don't know who we are. And uh, you can go through the book of Acts. I'm sorry, book of Hebrews. I'm not going to do it now. I'll open it up here. Go through the book of Hebrews and a bunch of unnamed people. A bunch of unnamed. We still don't even know who they are. Do you have any idea? Do any of us have any idea? The heroic things that Christian men have done for us to be where we are that we don't even know about. Any idea that some heroic, some things some heroic men did in some of the great wars cost them their lives. We don't even know they did it. We don't even know they did it. Yep. And we stand here at this time in this place filled with the Holy Spirit of God, the King of Kings dwelling inside of us. And we social distance and take a jab and shut down our churches and don't say things that might offend others. By the way, I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me. Because, friends, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And if it was easy, if you could do it on your own, you wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. Hey, Holy Spirit never asks you to do easy things. <laughs> uh, Holy Spirit never asks you to do easy things. Debbie, come on in. Well, you spoke the whole that I took notes because what I wanted to say changed as you went on because this is speaking like directly to me. Who is my provider? Amen. Who gives me my daily bread? If I Amen. don't take the jab, if I don't take the test, if they put me on leave, if they fire me, they are not my provider. So if you can't I serve two masters, right, Debbie? You can't serve two masters. That's right. And who am I standing for? If I stand for what I believe the Lord is telling me, if I am obedient, if I am his servant, then the master will provide. It's his obligation. Debbie, he has given his word, right? right. He gave his word. Yeah. And so if we, if we buckle at the small things, 
that somebody may take away my income. Like Myra said the other day, Myra said, if they take away my license, then I'll work at the grocery store. I will do whatever it takes. Amen. Then you don't scare me because nobody can come against me. And if I don't have a living like I think I need to have a living, that's my problem. But God will provide if you stand in obedience to him and speak the truth. Who is your provider? It's not the government. It's not the state. It's not Walgreens or or, you know, some hospital that you work in, they are not your provider. If you want the truth, he will provide, you must trust. So even in the smallest thing, what happens when we buckle because they want us to take a vax or they want us to take a test or whatever? What are you going to do when they hold a gun to your head and say, Mm. deny Jesus Christ or I'm pulling the trigger? Then you better be ready to say, pull the trigger. Amen. Amen. And if we can the little things, what are we going to do when the big one comes? Amen. Amen. De- Debbie, I think it's at some point we're going to we're going to look back and we're going to laugh and say we were scared of what? What we were scared of what? Monkeypox. What stands for your life? Who stands for your life? Who are you a servant, a bond servant to? Mm. You are a servant to God and his obligation to you as being his service. If you want to use the word obligation, he takes care of you, provides for you, gives you livelihood, you know, takes care of the sparrows. Remember, (laughs) we have to trust him. And I'm speaking to myself today because I go through it every day. Do I have enough money? Should I buy gold? Should I buy silver? Blah, 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 blah. Well, who's my provider? (laughs) Do I trust him to lead me where I need to go? Debbie, God bless you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, look, you can store all the gold in the world and be dead tomorrow, folks. Come on here. And that's Come right. on. And when you said this morning, you said that you and Michelle are sort of dependent upon the grace of others. You're dependent upon the Lord to open Amen. the hearts of others yes. to be graceful to you. He's yes, the one who makes us understand or love you or want to give. It's not what you say or do. As long as you speak the truth, then those that are with you will provide through his urging, through their obedience to him, through the movement of the Holy Spirit within them. That's the way it works. And these pastors have forgotten their obligation is to God and to Jesus Christ, not to who sits in front of them writing the check. And so all the problems in the church is because they don't know who to serve because Somebody may have more money than the other one. So, whoa, I need to go over there. Amen. 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 (laughs) I've watched in my church the pastor go to a lady's birthday that was 100 years old who is mega rich. Did he go because she was 100? Hell no. He went because (laughs) she put him in his will. She put the church in his will. (laughs) You're nailing it, Debbie. You're nailing it. Are we serving? That's right. Who 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 we are. Who do we trust? That's the thing. Amen. You've got to have trust and you've got to have faith. And for me, I'm speaking to myself. It is the hardest thing I ever do is to have trust and faith in the Lord. Yep. That even when Amen. the last, even though he's provided for me at the last minute, he has said, look, I have shown you at the 11th hour that I mm. have pulled you out of the fire. And how many times do I have to do it before you believe me? Mm. So, so Debbie, it's it, it, uh, great, Debbie, great, uh, great rant today. By the amen. way, uh, we are created in His image. He's not created in ours. That's and right. See, see, He keeps His word, but we think He's like us that He's fickle and He doesn't keep His word. He puts His word above His name because if His word is no good, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, if His word's no good, His name's no good. He can make up a name. He could call himself whatever he wanted to, right? But if he's if he's not a man of his word, then it doesn't matter what he calls himself, right? Right. Doesn't matter. Well, it's just like uh, that little lion. When we look in the mirror every morning, who do we see? We should see right. like the lion. See, we see our we see our father. We see the image of God within ourselves. He trusted yes, and loved us enough that he made us look like him. Why? So he could recognize us among all others. What so, if what if the what if the devil? And uh, and Jesus, Almighty God, the uh, Triune God. What if they're up there having their own NFL draft, 
and they're picking players. Right. And, and, and the devil gets, steals a good one. Oh, no. And then the Lord picks his draft. And he picks you. And you're his number two draft pick. And then you poof. Well, isn't because that what baptism is? When, you baptize, when you're baptized and you go immersed in the water, you come up and you say, Satan, this is the side I'm on. This is the team. When I was baptized, I chose my jersey. And so what does that do? That pisses him off, right? Because he's lost the right. team player. But that's, that's right. what you're you say, I'm on the team. All right. You are, so, you are so much more than you have become. That's what the word says. Good that'd be a good word today. Reggie, then Myra. <clears throat> Good rant, Debbie. <laughs> so, um, Coach, you know, we don't go anywhere. I stand with no priest, pastor. We So since we chose that, I have watched, um, I have looked, God has taught both Dennis and I. I have looked to Dennis, oh, Christ first, but he is now my priest. He is my headship. He is my covering. He is my protection. He is my provider. And then the Lord made me look upon myself. If I were to take him away, would you sustain uh, the children, would you be able to bring them up and, and, and to love me? And I knew, I know who God is in me. I've known for a long time. And I just think that it's, I, you know, there, of course there's going to be disagreements, but I think the time of the church, the building, the pastors is gone. So I was looking, you know, reading and Jeremiah in two different, um, parts of, of the Bible history in Jeremiah 531 it says uh, the prophets prophesy falsely and the priests rule on their own authority. And, and the my people love it that love way. It. So, yeah. And he goes, and what will you do at the end of it? So in, also in Ezekiel, her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my mm. holy things. <laughs> they have made no distinction between the holy and the profane, and they have not taught the difference between the unclean and the clean, and they hide their eyes from my Sabbath, and I am profaned among them. I was just thinking, you know, I, we don't need these pastors. We don't need these priests. I, I don't, I am almost ashamed that I listened to any of them. I'm, I, I just rebuke that and revoke that. But I just wanted to say that I know who Christ is in me, and I know that he is operating now more so than I've ever seen in my husband as head. So, amen. 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 Oh, boy, I could go on and on. Myra, quickly, then Jeff. Yes, Coach. Uh, concerning Debbie and Reggie, um, I have to read about the authority of Jesus, Psalm 144. Bless be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, Amen. my love's kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge who submerges the people under me. Hallelujah. He's trained my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Think about that. He's, he's so much a warrior in you that he went just beyond your hands to the very fingers to fight. So it says, Jeff. Coach, you got to share this. You've asked that question to me recently. You and said, by the way, yes, yes on Saturday morning, by the way, Jeff. Yes on Saturday morning. Go ahead. All right. Thank you. Hey, you asked me, wonder what the other churches are saying about you guys in that garage. Yesterday, I had a doctor. He goes to the big Catholic church there on East High Street, the big one. He said, yeah. JC said, we've been talking at church about what you're doing down there on that square with that pro-life thing you're doing. I said, well, are they coming down? It's like He's looking at me like. I don't know. I said, you tell all of them in that Catholic church, come on down there. And I've got mm. some other ones doing home churches. We've invited them down. So we're going again this Saturday, but both with the war wagon and all of the bloody pictures and the ice cream truck, we're going to have them both set up down there. It's really going to cause us. Amen. 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 So you're serving the Lord. And by the way, Jeff, yes, on Sunday, not Saturday. Yes, on Sunday. Yes, on Sunday. Okay. Amen. So Amen. also what we're doing, I got a confirmation last night. Talking to my brother, Pastor Neil Peterson, he will be at Church in the Garage Tuesday night, next Tuesday. He's coming in. We're going to set the big tent up out front. We are, Tom and I are going to hammer this. We're going to get people. We're going to spread the word all over everywhere we can in the next two, three, four days to get people down there. 
for Neil. And it won't be political. It's going to be. Who cares if it is? Who cares if it is? Who cares if it is? Good work, Jeff. Roger. Dave, I was going to add an addendum to the provision concept. But, you know, God, yes, God is a God of his word. I'm all in. But he's a consequence of. He's a God of consequences if you don't follow his word. Sure is. That's right. Uh, he's not the great provider if you do not follow his word. No obligation to provide this to provide for you in disobedience. I'm with you. That's yes. Right. He, he, and we've got to keep that in mind because a lot of times life does not go the way we want it to go. And people leave the church because God's not doing what they everybody told me he would be doing. But they do not look at their life. And the disobedience to his word that is leading to the consequence of what's going on in their life. So we've got to keep that in balance, in my humble opinion. Amen. 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 Pastor Dale. Yeah, brother, I want to start with first going back to the beginning. I know you said all. That's never all. And I, I, I coined it this way, brother. I do not depend on the church to keep my finances flowing, but I do depend on the church to keep my missionaries going all seven of them brother that's what it should be about just as like paul's missionaries he even said i i received gifts from them that it wouldn't be a burden unto you brother that is the key if pastors would get this dale because listen dale listen i was thinking to you earlier this morning folks being a pastor is a call not a profession we'll say it again being a pastor is a call not a job you understand you understand? Dale Sosha works a job. He has a profession, and on the side, he's a pastor. See, as soon as the pastor became dependent on the tithe money, we lost it all. Isn't that what Paul was, Coach? He was a tent maker to make provision. Now, here's the other thing. The, the Holy Spirit, brother, we received that, the Wisconsin News, man, and it is understanding the power of the resurrection. And man, I went right to Romans chapter 8, verse 11, and I coined it as a question. Do you not understand and do you not recognize the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you? Brother, what more powerful thing can there be? This is what the church does not understand. The power of the resurrection, the Holy Spirit, that is residing in inside of you. I, you know what we are, Coach? We are like a kid with a handgun. We don't even understand how to use it. We don't even know how to fire it, man. Don't even know how to fire it. Hang on a second before I get you in here, Kevin. Real quickly, pull up a Randy's email, folks. This is this is great news. I don't know if Randy's in here or not. I'm coming back, Kevin. I promise. Rich will come back for you. So enjoy in in uh, Oklahoma. They just signed into law yesterday. Governor Stitt signs bill banning abortion from the point of fertilization. No abortion legal in Oklahoma. Is that it, Randy? Is that it? Yesterday? Huh? Yesterday? This ought to be a move across the country. It ought to be a move across the country. The churches ought to be demanding it. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is right. Amen. Amen. We're killing God's little image bears and think he's happy with that? Well, he's okay with it? And, Coach, the way they stipulated in there, I thought was very clever. On the rape and incest, it has to be a documented police report. You know Mm. how it's always, what about rape? What about, hey, no, show me the report. Yep. Don't, don't Don't go get drunk and get in the back seat and then claim the guy raped you. Stop it already. Stop it already. Pro-choice. You always have a choice of whether or not you'll spread your legs or whether or not you'll spread your seed or not. You always have a choice. Wake the hell up. Kevin. Amen, Coach. Let uh, let Oklahoma be the domino that makes the next 49 dominoes fall in a row. Amen. Right? Amen. And, uh, yeah, so I wanted to just go back to uh, Debbie's awesome spirit-filled rant for a second because when she got to the part about you know, getting up and looking in the mirror and, you know, seeing your, your heavenly father's face who you're created in that image, the Holy spirit dropped two words into my spirit. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you those two words and I want to see if it strikes your soul the same way it did mine family resemblance. 
Mm. Is there a family resemblance? See, I can look at little David and I can see his grandfather. And I can look at your daughter holding her precious baby in that hospital bed and I can see mom and dad. Can your heavenly father see himself in you? And do others see your heavenly father in you? Do you have that family resemblance? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? By the way, when other people look at you, what do they see? And I'm going to promise you this. They see God, and they don't know how to handle it. If you are walking in righteousness and the authority of God, most people you come in contact with will recognize it and won't know how to deal with it. Rich, come on in. Yeah, Dave, I've listened to what everybody's commenting about the preachers today, and and I agree. That's why I'm not in church any longer. I can't stomach the, the, the pudding that they served on Sunday morning. Uh, but the Lord put in my mind uh, Ephesians four eleven through fourteen, which I think brings balance to what we're saying. You know, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of faith and of knowledge and of the Son, unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature for the fullness of Christ, Ooh. that we henceforth be more, no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness, whereby thy, they lie and wait and deceive. Now, I come here for teaching, and I like to go to uh, David Langford for preaching. So I haven't, de- I haven't denied looking for pastors, you know. I still, mm. I still listen to a couple. It's just now that I feel like I'm maturing. It's who I. It's a very few that I listen to. Amen, amen. So again, I think it's important we understand what you just read: the fivefold ministry, apostles. I've done this before, but new viewers every day. Apostles of thumb. The apostle is, he's the church planner. He's the one that goes out and establishes. Apostles, prophets. The prophets, the finger pointer. Thus saith the Lord. Stop doing that. That's the prophet. One who speaks the oracles of God for God. Not a fortune teller. Not like somebody you run into a con. Uh, uh, listen, we're going to go, because uh, we're going to have, they got, we got a prophet coming to our church tonight, y'all, do you? Is he going to be pointing a finger at all of you? Or is he a fortune teller? What are you talking about? Yeah, I think right? we could get ourselves in trouble if we say we don't ever want need a preacher or need a teacher because no, we, that's right. we can figure it out. You know what I mean? But God is it possible? People for a reason. Rich, is it possible that you would walk in the prophetic? You would be the finger pointer? Is that, are you ever able oh, to operate that way? Sure. If I'm, oh, if yeah. I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. And most times when you show up as that finger pointer, they don't want you anywhere around. So you got the apostles, the prophets, the evangelist. The evangelist, the guy, the standalone guy who goes out, right? And you have the pastor, teacher. They're one and the same. If I just look, pastor, teacher. There's no and. There's no comma. Pastor, teacher. And the pastor's job is to marry all these other things, to make all these things function together. But the pastor has become the thumb. He's got thumb on everything. So it's like having a gun, not knowing how to operate it not knowing where to put the shells, not knowing how to engage the chamber, not knowing how to aim it, not knowing how to pull the trigger. Because why? We don't know the understanding of how the body is supposed to operate. And the king of the church has become the pastor. I love pastors, but that's not the way it was set up. Come on in, Raj, quickly, then then, uh, Jack. I said quickly, but out of time. The, the, the disciples were all teachers to the people. I, I don't. I don't think there's any problem with learning and listening. It's what they're teaching. <laughs> it's what they're teaching. And by the way, Roger, you're a teacher, aren't you? Everybody in here ought to be at some times a teacher. Amen. Amen. But it's not. We run from people who are teaching us. We no. run to those that are teaching. Teaching the truth. Amen on that one. Amen. Jack, wind us up here, Jack. Uh, Roger, Roger just hit it right on the nail on the head. I, I like to congregate. I like to assemble with people that are smarter than me. 
I want to learn. I want to know. I want to be around people that are smarter than me. I don't just hang around with dummies so I can look good. Yeah, that's right. I'm with smart people so mm. I can learn and emulate. Thanks for what you do, Coach. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, man. Thank the Holy Spirit. Huh? Thank the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you how long I was in church before I even knew there was one. Oh, I'd heard of him. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I used to do it. Father, Son, I, I, heard, I knew of him. Now he lives in me. That's something entirely different. You're so much more than you've become. We'll see you tomorrow.